It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Chant. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline as we go through yesterday's injury report and chat Bills Chiefs with you, 803-0550. It's Jeremy and Joe. And Sal joins us. Sal, how much snow overnight here in North Buffalo? That band never came back. Like a like a musical act that skips Buffalo altogether, uh, never a trace here in North Buffalo of the return of that band. Pretty much the same. And, I mean, I'm not too far from you, right? We actually yeah. drove up towards your way. We would have been near you. Uh, got a little kind of stir-crazy yesterday. You know, kids been home all week, right, without without – uh, school. I've been working remote here. My wife's been working remote, so I said, "Hey, let's you know see." We actually went out to go do a little shopping up in that area last night. <laughs> Excuse me. And I said, "Let's um, let's grab a bite to eat." But on the way, there was not a lot of restaurants open. Right? Yeah. We found one. It was good. So yeah, we were out there, and uh, I said the same thing. I said, "Really, it's not that bad. It's you know, you got to little go a little slow. You got to be cautious." But wasn't that bad here or where you are? And of course, there wasn't a ban here. And this morning, if you saw, the ban was lifted south of Broadway, which includes yep. Key Bank Center. So as of 8 a.m. this morning, downtown where Key Bank Center is located, there's no travel ban. So hopefully that you know, clears the way for the uh, Sabres game tonight. Yep. And we, we know how this works. Those of us, you know, if we, if we live around here, we had to explain this to Pittsburgh fans last week. Sometimes there's six inches yeah. in one part and 65 in another part. And once again, Southtown's right. West Seneca got, I think, 65 inches since Saturday. So... It's been uh, it's been a week, and there's actually more snow supposed to be coming. Like a not not a localized lake effect event, but a little bit of, of a system coming through. So hopefully everyone can uh, can deal with that as best they can. All right, Sal. So it's Thursday. We're closer, and I think a lot of Bills fans were fearing the very worst. And the injury report overall. I mean, like Evan said in the update, it's long, but there are small pieces of good news mixed in with a lot of guys that didn't practice. Hundred percent. It's very long. It's there's eight players who did not practice yesterday. Now let's remember, yesterday was a walkthrough, a normal Wednesday walkthrough this time of year. It's an estimated injury report, meaning if they'd had a full practice. Here's where everybody would have landed. Um, so eight players, two of them were just veteran rest. That's Leonard Floyd and Von Miller. So six players due to injury on the injury report. Uh, you have your four yesterday. You were four who did not play in the game on Monday would be uh, Gabe Davis and Taylor Rapp. Out of those four, two of them, those two guys did not practice. However, two guys who didn't play on Monday, Rasul Douglas and Tyrell Dodson, were both limited, which is really good, obviously. Uh, But add into the guys who got hurt in Monday's game. Christian Benford, uh, let me go down the list here. Um, Sam Martin, of course, we can get to him in the punter situation in a minute here. Bale Inspector. None of them uh, practiced. And then you have Terrell Bernard. Obviously, it looked really bad, right? Getting carted off. Sean McDermott said when asked if there's any hope he could play because Sean put everybody in a day-to-day kind of category, he said there is hope. He said he was in meetings yesterday morning. Now, I don't know how much hope, guys, right? Is that just a candle flickering off there over there in the wind a little bit? Is there a little bit of hope? Or you know what? You know, we're feeling okay here. I don't know. And that that's to be determined. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't practice all week, and then we find out, you know, maybe Sunday if he's activated or not activated for the game, or you know, game active or inactive. Not really sure. But for Sean to say there's hope, I think is pretty incredible anyway um, for Terrell Bernard. But he basically said on all of these guys that they're just going to take it day by day. 
see where the week leads. And on Bernard, he said he's still not sure what his week looks like. Mm. That could also, right, be said, like, if the guy, even if he thought there was a very low chance, what's the benefit of letting the Chiefs know that? Right. Right. And hundred percent right. I agree. Yeah. And and on that, if if he if he were to not play, do we know like it was AJ Klein on Sunday, Dodson back in, I know he did a lot of Mike stuff at Mike linebacker stuff at training camp. Would it automatically be Klein again? Could it be Dodson? Like do you have a guess of what they would do if Bernard well, isn't out there? Let's remember, um well, you're right, for Bernard's spot. It was, but you got to remember with the with Balen Specter playing his way as well for Dodson, right? Right. All these guys, a lot of these guys can play both positions. Um, and yes, Joe, I think to answer your question, I I think that you know Tyrell Dodson can play Mike. I just don't know if they would say let's do that instead of putting him back at will because what if Balen Specter's healthy? Because then you might you know you could have a couple combinations here. You could say Dodson goes to Mike and calls the signals. Balen Specter plays will or. Dodson stays at will. AJ Klein goes back to Mike and calls the signals. I think there's a lot of combinations. This might, if Bernard can't go, you may have to just determine what Bale Inspector, mm-hmm. his availability is before you go down that road of which guy plays which spot. This is very tricky, obviously, for the whole thing. They'll have a plan, but it could be fluid as the week goes on. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. As I'm looking at the Chiefs injury report, because, of course, there's two teams mm. here, there's his lengthy two but fewer guys that did not practice. But limited. I've only got th- one. Yeah, well, only one. I've got three guys limited. Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, Justin Ross, uh, three receivers. Legereus Sneed limited as well. So, you know, those are some, some contributors that were limited, not to say they're going to miss the game. The Chiefs look a little healthier than the Bills. So I want to ask about the, the, you know, like the tone, the vibe. When you get to this time of the year, one of the things you'll hear like about the Lions is, well, uh, Lions and Bucks. You can play like there's nothing to lose. The, you know, the, the Lions are new to the playoffs. The Bucks are nobody believes in them. Bills Chiefs carries all the weight. I mean, I, I think it's almost impossible for either team to act like it doesn't matter because they've met in the playoffs before and the regular season, and it's one of the marquee matchups in the league. So how do the Bills seem to be feeling about this or, or approaching this when it's going to happen again and it's finally going to happen at home? Yeah, listen, I, I think that this is what the Bills have been working for for four years, Jeremy. I mean, you go back to the COVID year where the Bills went to the Chiefs and lost in the AFC Championship game. And I don't know if you guys remember this. I remember Brandon Bean after that game, when he met with the media for his post-game, postseason press conference, Brandon Bean said his exit interview message to the players was, we got. We're going to get this game at home. We got to get this game at home. Like that's our next step. Get this game at home. Now, obviously, I think he meant big picture. Get the AFC Championship game at home. Get the one seed. That's what they meant. <coughs> Since then, the league changed its rules anyway, and the two seed now plays. But that was important. But I also think it meant get these guys, get the Chiefs at home, right? Because then the following year, or you know, they basically go to Kansas City. We know what happens with 13 seconds left. All of that. That's been, I think, their goal here for four years to get. Obviously, all of your playoff games at home. One seed, now two seed. You never know what happens after this week if they can win. But to me, it's also over the last few years getting the Kansas City Chiefs here. They've had to go there so many times. Regular season because of the schedule rotation, but then in the playoffs. So, vibe, yes. I think that is this. We got these guys here now. Bills Mafia, loud. It's going to be challenging on them on offense. It'll be a little bit easier for us on offense to get our communication in. And trust me when I tell you. That matters. I've been to Arrowhead many, many times over the last several years. 
It is a big deal when Josh Allen is in a run call and he runs to check to a pass. He's in a pass call in the shotgun. He wants to check to a run. It's hard. It's hard to get that communication. You know what else is hard? Getting the signals in. Just putting your helmet up, to your hands up to your ears to hear it in the helmet. And then what happens? You get out of the huddle late. You get out of the huddle late, you have no time to make a check. And then the defense can tee off because they know that the play clock's running down. Think of all these little things that matter when you're on the road versus at home. And now you get Patrick Mahomes and that offense in this environment. And they're great. We know it. Like, yep, Andy Reid's an incredible coach. All that is right. Um, and they're healthy. Going back to what you just said, I mean, I had Josh Klingler on yesterday in the Extra Point Show, a, a sideline reporter for the Chiefs. I asked him, like, Chiefs health situation. What he said, they're as healthy as they've been all year. He basically said, yeah, everybody's healthy. Now, granted, you do have one guy who didn't practice, but it looks like their tackles are getting healthier. They've had some issues there. So this is going to be a challenge. You want to talk about vibes, though? I think the vibe is, hey, we we got this game and this team where we've been working to get this. So now, now we have to go out and take care of business to make this happen. One position we don't think about a lot with these two teams, punter. Sal. What is the latest on, on punter and Sam Martin, who – um, of course, got injured on that blocked field goal. So the Bills signed Matt Hawk to the practice squad. Um, he returns. Obviously, they released Leonard Fournette the other day. Now, I think there might be more to Leonard Fournette getting released, you know, b- based on how Sean, you know, talked about it and said he didn't want to get into it and there was nothing with conduct or all that. It, it could be as simple as, you know, maybe Leonard just felt that, hey, my, my time here has been on the practice squad and I want to play. I don't know that. I'm just saying the reason why I'm bringing it up is, it also, though, had they had to open the door in some way for another veteran because you can only you can only have ten guys in the practice squad with more than two years' experience. And Matt Hawk satisfies that. Matt Hawk now in the building. Let's remember the Bills' very important piece of this is the holder, right? The yeah. punter is also the mm-hmm. holder, so they can't just go out and get anybody who's never done it. Matt Hawk has experience; he's been here since uh, in 2021. He was here with the Bills. Does that mean that Sam Martin can't play? No, it doesn't. Sam Martin, I'm sure, is gonna they're gonna work their tails off to try and see if he can be ready on Sunday. And if he can play, that's great. Now, if he can't, guys, they're they're looking at a really tough situation as far as numbers, because then you'd have to elevate Matt Hawk from the practice squad. You only get two elevations. Well. If Gabe Davis can't go, which we don't know, you got to elevate another receiver. You can't go, like we said last week, you can't go into a game of four healthy wide receivers. You just can't. Um, if one turns an ankle, you, you'll be left with three. So it's just not an option. What about linebacker? What if Terrell Bernard can't go? You just bred up A.J. Klein. you got to elevate A.J. Klein. He's got to play. I mean, and short of making a roster move of somebody else and literally releasing them, which you could do and sign somebody – they don't want to do that. I mean, these are guys on their team, and they're going to have to make these decisions. Yeah, It's a tough situation. So that's going to be something to really monitor this week as we go forward about where Sam Martin is, if he's able to play. Matt Hawk provides insurance. He provides them an opportunity to practice and get reps and all that. And if he can't, if, if Sam Martin can't go, at least you have a guy who's been there. He's been in the building. He's going to work with them this week. But it really, really creates a crunch as far as the numbers and the positions when it comes to elevations. Quick, quick follow up on that. Could they, if they, I don't know that we're going to get this this point with Sam Martin, but if they thought he can't play Sunday and we might not even know about the future, they could just put him on IR, couldn't they? And then open up that roster spot. Yes, and then he's done for the year. Okay, and like so, so, so. Right. I mean, look, yes, you could do that, Joe. But if they felt that you know he's he's a week away. Yeah, and they did that, and they advanced. He would not be available for the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl if they got that far. Same thing if the other thing you could people have brought up and asked me like, what about releasing him and then just signing him back? Well, you can't release an injured player. 
So, I mean, that's just All the right. rule. He's injured. You'd have to come up with an injury settlement, and an injury settlement entails literally the rule is you cannot resign the player for three weeks plus whatever the settlement is. So that would rule him out coming back as well. Let's get some phone calls in with Sal. 803-0550 is the number. Richard in Old Forge. What's up, Richard? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, you know, I know this is a big, sexy matchup between uh, Josh Allen and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, but what are some of the other non uh Non-quarterback positions that we're watching, there's a lot of interesting data out there with like Ed Oliver on our defensive end when he's on the field, with a top unit when he's taking a break, we're in the mid-20s. You've got a banged-up secondary versus a, a bunch of Kansas City receivers that are 8% drops, which is statistically very high for the NFL. Like, What are, what are we watching to, that's going to determine this game that's not quarterback? Thanks, Richard. Well, Tell for me, me it's um... – go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead for what for you what it is because I'll, I'll have one afterwards. I mean, I think Chris Jones is a game wrecker, right? I mean, yeah. like that's a guy that the Bills have had a lot of problems with over the years. Chris Jones, the defensive interior of the Chiefs, defensive tackle. But guys, like Chiefs run defense has not been great this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been nope. really good at times, but they're they they their numbers are not. Well, they've been a little leaky, right? I think that if the Bills can and they would probably love to do this because they'd love to be balanced here the bills can control the game you don't have to be great and run for 200 yards you can control the game a little bit on the ground and give yourself short yardage third downs and then they have to creep up a little bit now you get maybe a couple shots like last week that's what happened they started controlling the game on the ground early josh allen's four for four in the first drive short passes once that started happening you creep up now you get a couple shots downfield now you get you know dalton kincaid you had stefan Diggs, right just a little bit off on that one but that's what I think. To me, I'm watching. Like if, if, if that's the spot, and if the if the Bills can maybe control a little bit of the game on the ground. The thing I'm looking at, Sal, is the Bills' defensive line against this Chiefs' offensive line. Dan Orlovsky, one of the things he mentioned as a key to this game with One Bills Live was at home. You know, all the communication stuff. If they can't check yep. stuff, if the timing of the ends gets better you kind of get a little bit of a jump on these tackles. And their tackles are not as good as they've been in years past, one of the reasons they've struggled. So, you know, whether that's Epinesa, Leonard Floyd, like what, whatever. On the defensive line, and, and Ed Oliver's a good example here, like what, what's happened with Ed Oliver, because I saw the numbers yesterday too. When Ed Oliver's on the field, the defense is great. When he's off the field, not so much. So I, I like the Bills' defensive line here against this Chiefs' offensive line, hopefully uh, winning their, their matchup. Well, that is true. I mean, you know, I mean, in the communication, as I talked about earlier, what Dan Orlovsky said is right. You can't have that Alvar play 100% snaps, right? So right, you got to right. be able to make sure, you know, you know what, what's happening there when he's not on the field that you're buttoned up. But I would also say, even in that situation, you know, if the Chiefs are going to, okay, we're on the road, we got to get rid of the ball quick, communication, you know, then Russell Douglas comes into play, right? Because this yeah. is a guy that he could be a ball hawk. And if you're going to get rid of the ball quick, he's going to try and jump a couple of routes here or there. So hopefully he can be healthy. Um, they have one receiver who has really stepped up, Rashi Rice. I wonder how the Bills defend him. I wonder if they – I don't. they don't really travel with Russell Douglas. Mm-hmm. But I, and I don't know if Rashi Rice would even rise to that level – you know, as far as that type of receiver, but he's been their go-to guy and he's done a good job. Yeah. You know, you got to force them to go to other people. And look, I, I know that Travis Kelsey hasn't had the best year for Travis Kelsey, but man, if guys, if the bills are that banged up, the, the one guy we didn't talk about, I'm sorry, I should have brought him up earlier. 
really good news. Taron Johnson was limited yesterday. He's in concussion protocol, but he was limited. And, you know, when you're limited after being in concussion protocol, that's a great sign that maybe you're going to protocol. If he was not a non-participant yesterday, we'd be really keeping our eye on, on that. I'm encouraged by that. And I, it's only six days. But let's remember, last week, it was um, Ty Johnson. He cleared in five days. He had a concu- He was in concussion protocol Sunday night after the Dolphins game, and then he was cleared by Friday. So I think that's encouraging. The reason I bring it up, look, I mean, they have to defend Travis Kelsey here in the middle of the field, and if you have to go into a game without Terrell Bernard and your linebackers are Klein and Dodson, I think the Chiefs will absolutely target the second level of the Bills with not only Travis Kelsey, but Jarek McKinnon and those guys who come out of the backfield. McKinnon, I think, is on IR, but the, uh, Edward Tolaire, they've been using for that. I think yeah, that's yeah, definitely yeah. right. Thank you. Thank and, you. And, on Rice, and even Pacheco, right? I mean, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll use, they'll throw screens, they'll go to the second level, they'll, they'll try to, you know, take advantage of that if that's the case. Yeah. And on Rice, real quick, Sal, like in terms of him becoming a go to guy, he has, in the last, his last seven games, I'm trying to find like where this would rank in the league. Since week 12, he has 67 targets. Like, he he is getting 10 targets a game. He's leading them in receiving yards almost every week. And you mentioned, like, I don't know if they'll they'll travel Douglas with him because mm-hmm. I'm looking at, like, where he plays, and it's about half and half. He plays in the slot. He plays outside. And, man, looking at how much he really does play in the slot, he he's really doing all the stuff that I think they thought they were getting when they traded for Kadarius Toney and then realized they can't trust that guy. Meanwhile, this rookie's come in, and yeah, he's not like you know the best receiver in the league, but he's he's pretty dangerous with the ball in his hands, and that is something that in these past meetings with the Chiefs, whether it's not even just Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman too, like yards after catch has been a thing that the Chiefs have burned the Bills on. Yeah, we talked a lot about tackling against the Steelers, but it was in the run game, right? You got to tackle Najee Harris, you got to tackle Jalen Warren. In this case, you got to tackle the wide receivers. Tackling is going to be a big issue. Um, you know, you have to make sure you make those tackles. Don't give them those yards after catch. And again, I'm going to say that the Chiefs, Andy Reid, they'll love their screen passes. They'll throw screens. You better tackle on those screen passes because those can turn into big plays. And early on, that's what the Steelers did on one play early in the game. Uh, I think it was maybe their second drive. They got a nice big play on their screen to uh, Najee Harris, I think it was. So those are areas where the Bills will have to be, you know, good in this game. So, yeah, it should be a, should be a fun matchup. And, um, you know, we all... We all know what has happened in the past here, and I, I don't know. I, I think about the fact that you know the Chiefs are kind of a, they're a made team, right? They're ready. We we know Mahomes and Reed. They have Lombardis, and you know if the Chiefs come to Buffalo and lose, you, know, you don't they don't go home with so many question marks and what's going to happen. You know this game for the Bills is different. Right? I mean they 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 have this team now. Like I said, where they've wanted to have them, they haven't been able to get over this team. I, I think there's you know there's legacies kind of on the line here. Which is, you know, Josh Allen and an ability to beat Patrick Mahomes and walk off the field victorious, and uh, Sean McDermott, of course, and you know the things that have happened in the past in the playoffs to this team. So I think a lot of those storylines are going to be really front and center on on Sunday night. Sal, I know you talked with Patrick Hammer yesterday. We've had a lot of storm systems and lake effects and all this. Sunday looks pretty clear still. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Did we lose Sal? Sal, we got you? We lost him. Hmm. The weather came in. <laughs> all right. Right. I think Sunday looks pretty clear. Like, it's supposed to snow yeah. all through Saturday. Um, and maybe a little warmer. Like, again, not, yeah. like not talking toasty or anything, but like in the 20s, maybe I think I saw. Yeah. All right. Sal's coming up later today. Extra point show, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So we lost Sal. We'll say thank you to Sal and uh, get a break in. I've got a stat of the day for you on the Chiefs. Um, how scared of it you want to be, you you decide, Joe. I'll leave that to you. Okay. If you're on hold, 803-0550. We'll get right back to your phone calls. Open segment when we return. Our thanks to Sal. It is uh, Thursday, a snowy Thursday. There are a lot of snowy days these days as we count down towards Bill's Chiefs. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. The Bills and the discussion surrounding the Bills exists in a world where their 11-6 season and division championship is something to be feared, while their opponent, Kansas City's 11-6 season and division championship is a bit of a failure. The Bills operate in a world where their 14-point wildcard round win mm-hmm. against a 10-win team sent shockwaves and fear throughout the rest of the league as this team continues to peak while the Chiefs' 19-point win over an 11-win team in the wildcard round was, you know, eh, what's the big deal? The Bills live in a world where their quarterbacks, 250 yards per game passing, made an MVP candidate, and Patrick Mahomes is 260 yards per game, and by the way, better passer rating, better touchdown interception ratio, all of those things. Well, he did. Those, uh, those, the, the, okay, well, again, I if mean, I may, yeah, but made him an MVP yeah, candidate right, while right. the other guy. Enough of this guy. <laughs> Even the guy like, well, he ran for 15 uh, touchdowns too, man. Yeah, the Bills operate in a world where 11-6 and six in the division championship was amazing and the Chiefs was not good. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it happened. That, that That's definitely how it happened. The Bills live in a world where the win over the Steelers sent shockwaves. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> I guess when you can just, you know, he's gifted. <laughs> he, he is. He's uh, he's taking he's, that network from Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. the rating stuff is, like, way in his show. The difference here. between the two is that Skip Bayless consistently posts video of himself throwing jerseys out in his kitchen. Yeah, and Nick Wright just gets well, uh, hoist Lombardi trophies. Yeah, with also the the Skip Bayless video of trying to throw out Cowboys jerseys with that garbage bin that's like yeah. the the motion it, sensor. It was a battle. Totally him, threw I, off his timing completely. Yep. You got to have point, the uh, what's the, the the pedal on the bottom. That's what you really need. <laughs> that's how you know. It, I mean, obviously it was staged to begin with, but a real person who was actually angry and hurt there would have kicked the trash can over by the time the, it shut on you the third time. <laughs> like, get out of here! <laughs> Just pick it up and launch it through the window. Yeah. That's how you get views. All right, Jeremy and Joe, we'll get a call in here. We're also going to check in with Paul Hamilton. Uh, the Sabres game was moved, and they'll play tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. But first, Joe, I have for you a stat of the day, and it's something to look for in this game between these two teams. Stat of the day brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So this is something the Chiefs lead the league in defensively. Okay. The Chiefs led the league in unblocked pressures on the quarterback, whether that's sending an extra guy, getting a free rusher, however it is. Unblocked pressure from a defensive player getting to the quarterback. They led the league this year. Mm. And when they played the Bills back in week 14, they got seven of those unblocked pressures 
which was the most they had had in any game this season. So, Josh Allen, be ready to run for your life a little bit. And I want to kind of warn everybody that might not just be because the offensive line is breaking down. This team, more than any team in the NFL, gets unblocked pressures on quarterbacks. And Steve Spagnuolo, their longtime defensive coordinator, I fully expect him to try and do it again. It's something that they thought was going to win the first time, and that was a close game. Yep. So they're going to send heat, and they're going to find ways, like they do better than any other team, to get free rushers on Josh Allen. Hmm. Something to consider. Spagnola. They're showing actually one of these very clips on ESPN right now. Oh, unblocked pressures. <laughs> just like it's a bill, it's a clip from the Bills Chiefs game where they kind of just get through right to Josh. He though, man. I mean, is there a bigger neutralizer of that than Josh Allen? The play I'm thinking of is oh, yeah. from Sunday's game against Pittsburgh, where there's a defensive back from the Steelers who comes unblocked down past Spencer Brown. Allen sees him and just throws him to the side I'm like so he's playing you, against seven-year-olds. I'm so glad you mentioned this play because I hadn't mentioned it yet since from, from the game on Monday. Yeah. Monday, I don't know that Allen was, was asked this, but that free rusher on that play uh-huh. was so free and available and going to hit Josh that the entire stadium, it's like the entire stadium yelled, Josh, look out! <laughs> And I uh-huh. don't know if that's how he knew the guy was coming. Uh-huh. Because the whole stadium reacted like, oh, my God. And then, then Allen, in a snap, got away from it. Right. Just it was, it off like it was it was, a, it was a 70,000-person gasp. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and everyone and saw it coming. Everyone saw it. Yep. So we'll see if uh, – we got to be on our, our A game for that, too, if we're in the stands. Let Josh know if somebody's coming, you know. Oh, yeah. man. It's going to be intense. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll check on Paul Hamilton, who's on the Western Hotline, because the Sabers game got moved. Paul, we're going to get a game in. It looks looks good for tonight, right? Yeah, we're driving again um, <laughs> all through Western New York. So, uh, well, two days ago I had fifty um, thirty inches of snow, and then yesterday twenty eight inches. I only woke up to two inches today, <laughs> so we're we're improving. So the, I guess that adds up to sixty. But uh, we're improving, and we can drive now in, in our area and all areas around. We There are travel advisories, but the bans have been lifted, so uh, things are looking good. Yes, and we're supposed to get snow today, but it's not supposed to be a major event. In some spots, it'll be you know four to eight inches. Others, it'll be three to six. So Sabres and Blackhawks and no Connor Bedard. Paul, with the Sabres, these last 10 games, maybe even the last 12 games, they're, they're getting – I don't know. I want to say they're getting better results, and it's the kind of thing where if only they had started the season like this as opposed to improving their play a little bit, but clearly not enough to make a move up the standings. Yeah, they've won four out of six games, and quite honestly, one of those losses was a one nothing loss to Vancouver. Your goaltender's allowed one goal in his last two games, and you're 500. Yeah. You're 1-1. One one. Um, and that's the thing. You, you can't, with the situation you're in, they had plenty of chances to win that hockey game. They only had to score one goal to get a point and two goals to get two points. Against Thatcher Demko, who is an all-star goalie, having a great year, but the Sabres do tend to make most goaltenders look like all-star goalies. But they had plenty of scoring opportunities. They had crossbars to, to get two goals in that game. And the, the beauty of that game was the Vancouver Canucks came in with the most goal, you know, high scoring team in the NHL and the Sabres basically gave them nothing. I mean, they hardly mm-hmm. had a scoring chance. 
So they play so well. You And that's the thing. You can't play that well and get no points out of it. Despite being winning four games out of your last six, and you've won four of your last six and you haven't caught up. But basically what you've done is kept up. Yep. You're still seven points out of a playoff spot with four wins out of six games and five wins out of eight. What you have done is made up most of your games in hand that other teams had on you. So at least you're you're keeping pace, but they're not pulling away when they're getting their games in hand. I mean, the Sabres are now tied in games with Montreal, the Islanders, and Tampa Bay. Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Washington, and New Jersey still have two games in hand, but they don't have six. Yeah. I mean, there was a time they had five, four, five, six games in hand, and they all did, and the teams ahead of them. So at least you're ticking off those games in hand, but even though you've won, you know, you've mm-hmm. done really well lately, you're still seven points out. Paul Hamilton, his appearance brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Tonight at Chicago, and you know, Paul, not, not being snarky, it's not often the Sabres get a team in town that has fewer points than them. But 28 for Chicago, it's been a really rough year. And no Bedard, you know, the Sabres have uh, very little room for error, and tonight's got to be a must-win against this Chicago team. We'll get what you're looking for in this. It's Eye on, Blue and the Go- Eye on the Blue and Gold, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business, is protecting your business. What do you look for tonight? You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at their wins. They don't have many, as you just said, and their last one was San Jose. But they've beaten Calgary, Winnipeg, the best team in the league, Colorado, St. Louis and Anaheim, Seattle, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida, Vegas, Toronto, and Pittsburgh. So when they win, they beat the better teams in the league. They don't win often. But Mm -hmm. I I found that interesting as I was looking at their record here. It's like, hmm, (laughs) they seem to at least do pretty well against the better teams, uh, or some of the better teams. But uh, lately, they only have two wins uh, and uh, seven losses. And they that one win was, just came in Chicago. It was a shootout win over the – a long shootout win over the Sharks. Kind of a shame for the Sabres. They didn't get to play yesterday because the Blackhawks didn't get to their hotel till almost 3 in the morning because it was a long shootout that they had with the Sharks. And, you know, they had to come to Buffalo and everything. So it's no longer a back-to-back situation for Chicago. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, whatever. I mean, you still – I don't care if the Blackhawks haven't played in two months. You still have to go beat them. And this and this homestand, I was thinking 4-2 and two when it started. They still have a chance for 4-2 and two as they play Chicago in this game in the end, the homestand against Tampa Bay on Saturday, a team they have already beaten here in Buffalo. So still the opportunity is there to come out of this homestand 4-2. and two. The, the way Lukanen has played lately, would you guess that they just – kind of keep riding the hot hand. They haven't had many opportunities for like a truly hot hand, but it feels like that's what he is right now. Well, Granado was right after the other game. Somebody said, you know, you gave Lukanen a back-to-back-to-back. It's three in a row. And he goes, I didn't give him anything. He earned it. And he's absolutely right. He did earn it. He's only given up seven goals in his last five games where he has a 1.40 goals against and a 950 save percentage. And he's four and one, and he shouldn't have lost that game. One of the losses that one nothing game to Vancouver. Um, so, you know, he got sick. He was really sick, and he came back, and he wasn't great when he came back. He had to kind of get back to where he was before he got sick, where he was playing very well. And he he absolutely right. He has earned the right to do it, and they can do it now for a bit. 
They can start them in this game. They can start them in the Tampa game on Saturday. There's a game in between. They can start the road trip with them with Anaheim, and then it's back-to-back, so you figure Levi gets Los Angeles, and you can start him again at the end of the road trip with San Jose. So the way the schedule breaks for them, he's played three in a row, and they can continue going with him, and, and of course, they're going to. I mean... Unless, you know, he has a really bad game in there, and then, then they might go with Levi somewhere. But as long as Lukanen is playing even maybe not even quite as well, but still playing well, I think he's going to be in the net. Paul Hamilton, as we gear up for uh, Sabres and Blackhawks tonight. Thank you, Paul, for the quick check-in, and uh, enjoy the game this evening, provided everybody gets there safely, which, you know, good decision on the NHL's part. Did you catch any of what the, what TNT did without the Sabres and Blackhawks? Yeah, I didn't like it, but I bet a lot of people did. It, I'll tell you I'm this, Paul. A... It, it didn't work for me. I'm someone that – so for anyone that didn't check, they aired the Red Wings-Panthers game, and they had the studio team just kind of talk about the game. A little bit of a Manning cast, right, guys just together talking about a game without calling play-by-play. I made a point to watch it for a few minutes to see, and I agree with you. Like, it didn't really work for me. I do think that format could work they had to do it, you know, last minute, and they weren't on camera. So it ended up just kind of being, you know, four guys talking about hockey around a game. Um, so, no, you, you're not alone. I didn't think it, it worked great, but they were kind of in a spot on that. I think that could be where sports is headed for TV because you're actually seeing the game, and you've had the Manning cast now for how many years, a couple of years, and, you know, they, they've done it now for hockey. I could see that being – you can't do it for radio. Because fans aren't seeing what's going on, <laughs> That's right. but but I could see that being start being the norm eventually for TV games where you get you know two three guys sitting there having a conversation about the game as the game's going on because uh, you know most fans can see it and so why why not have a conversation about it? so I could see that be in the future maybe yeah thank you Paul enjoy the game tonight. Take care, guys. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. NHL standings are brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. Here's what I'll give you, Joe. There's not you know a ton of rosy news, but mm. Paul's right. They, It's no longer they're down X number of points and all these teams have all the games in hand on them. Right now, the last playoff spot, the pace, mm-hmm. you know how many points it is? It's, it's low again, right? It's it, 91. Yeah, that's low. It's really low. Mm-hmm. So the good news is the pace is low. Of course, that means there's a lot of teams involved. The Sabres are behind. They would have to pass Montreal, New Jersey, the Islanders, the yeah. Capitals, the Penguins, and the Lightning. Yeah. I want to so. get to this uh, probably like a non-Bills week, but the the only thing I've been thinking about them recently as I look at the really the stats is we're at the midpoint of the season, and Thompson and Cousins have 20 goals between the two of them. Yeah. Last year they had 80. <laughs> like... Like I, it'll again another day, another time for that. But I don't know that that story is being talked about enough. How their top two centermen have just cratered from last year to this year. Well, that might be bad news, but also maybe future good news if they both have horrible years in the same year. Huh? I, don't yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll get back to your calls on the Bills. We'll shift things to Joe Marino, Locked On Bills podcast for this Bills Chiefs breakdown. We'll get to him at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Howard picks the Bills. Coming up at 8.30, your phone calls. Jeremy and Joe, it's uh, Chiefs Week on WGR.
Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Joe Marino of the Lockdown Bills podcast, Lockdown NFL Scouting, coming up next. Howard picks the Bills at 8.30. We got to, uh, at some point, at least mention the uh, the strategy in overtime if we get to overtime on oh Sunday. Boy. Here we go. You go for two. Don't forget, right? If, if you score the touchdown, you go for two. If you score the touchdown, you go for two. Yeah. The first touchdown. Because if you get, or, or actually, do you even want the ball second so that you know? If you get the ball second and the Chiefs kick a field or kick an extra point, then you, you know you know that I'm going for I'm going for two. You might go for two. No, have, well, because then the Chiefs would get the ball back where a score wins the game. Right, any score, right? And you would never give them the ball back. You would you would you would go for two. I almost I think every single time. I think you'd have to. I'm not sure every coach would go for two, but you're probably right. Right, the new overtime rules that do not exist in the regular season but only in, exist in the postseason. Right. You win the toss and score a touchdown, the other team gets the ball. Right, no and matter they can what. Score, yep, they can score a touchdown. And if you're the first team, may, again, maybe most coaches, especially in the outset here, will just they'll just kick the extra point right away, at least the first team. But if I'm the first team, I think I want to go for two also because I'm expecting the second team to do it no matter right. what. And then I'm assuring myself, if I get the eight, I'm assuring myself that the worst-case scenario is I'm getting the ball third with a field goal to win the football game. Yep, that makes sense. I'm into it. We don't have time yet, but at some point, I didn't think I was going to do this 24 hours ago, but I'm going to have to yell at you about Akeem Olajuwon, apparently. <laughs> Listen, you know, you find what out happened? stuff. What, what do you mean? What, why? You, why? You, you made a suggestion that Hakeem Olajuwon's titles don't count? I just, you know, in comparison to bubble titles. I didn't say they don't count I've at all. I've never even just... considered for a moment that those Rockets titles don't count. Well, they got, uh, you know, their own form of asterisks, right? Because what's the, first, what's the first thing that gets said? It's, yeah, but Jordan wasn't there. He was playing baseball. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really say that. This stemmed the- from a fantasy football conversation where we were talking about how many titles everyone has in this 13-year league, and someone, my brother, mentioned that he has three, one of which was in a year that I did not participate in the league. Oh. And I told him that one doesn't count because I was off playing minor league baseball. Right. So, right, Olajuwon titles. The, is the implication that Jordan would have won eight consecutive titles? Yeah. Okay. Even though I did, I, I, it's funny, this is not, I'm not alive for that, so it's not something I'm carrying around. I knew it, but a bunch of people pointed out to me on Twitter that Jordan was in the playoffs, I think the second of those Rockets titles. And they lost but, to Orlando. But nobody remembers that. So it's Olajuwon won two titles, but yeah, Jordan wasn't there for either, even though he was there for one of them. Yep. 803-0550, Joe Marino, Locked On Bills podcast. We're going to dig into this Bills-Chiefs matchup and uh, get you ready. It, 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 it's inching closer. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.